Dafnun hey, on the bottom line of the Dalaram base. Shol Rabbi Chanina ben Agil, which is not a normal name we see a lot here, as Rabbi Chia Barabba. We had said already, we learned the Joshes yesterday about why it says Behemtacha by the Lucas Vishainis, by Lucas Achroinis. In Parshas and it says Shavar Chamar. We had the whole drush between them and how you, how you learn that out. She so said, while we're on that, we could switch to a, a little bit of a gadata about the difference between the two times the Torah writes the Aseres Adibris. She says, Shainis in Parshas Vayisrael, it never doesn't say there's another difference besides obviously Zachar Shamar, all the differences we mentioned yesterday. There's another difference in Kabbalas of Yichav Asimecha. But there it says Achti Yamim. With the Bishacharenis, Nemar Bem Toiv. It says Toiv. It says Lama Nitav Loch. So it's a lashon of Toiv. Okay, so we're not asking specifically. Obviously, there's lots of differences, but specifically the word Toiv sounds like a good thing. So why would that be left out of the first time the Torah writes it? So this is the question that Bechinina Benogel asked of Yichav Barabba. So Amalai is listening to his, his response. As a good Jew, he responds with a question. So Amalai, Ajata Shaluni Lama Nemer Ben Toiv, Shaluni Im Nemer Ben Toiv Im Lav, Sheni Adem Nemer Ben Toiv. says, Why are you asking me what the Pshat is? How, you're assuming that I even know that there's such a difference. This is a wild piece of Gemara. Taisus in Rabbi Kibbeger has been signed to Taisus in Babasa, which learns Pashim Shat. The Tezim Abbasu says, you see that the Amoraim did not necessarily have a full Tanakh, and they did not know necessarily the text of the Chumash, which is just, just unfathomable. But that's Tezim says it, so you can't really argue on Tezim and that. Other Rafashim say, other Pshatim, though, to get around that obviously difficult question of them not knowing Pshat, the words of the Torah. Other Rafashim discuss, and we, we mentioned this briefly yesterday, is, remember, when it says the Luchas Rishayinus and Luchas Shniyas, the Dibras Rishayinus and Dibras Shniyas are not necessarily the same thing, right? Eschanan is just a repetition of what Moshe Rabbeinu heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lav Dafka is one talking about the physical Luchas Rishanis and one of the physical Luchas Shniyas. That's not the idea between the difference between Yisra and Eschanan. So it's not like we say Zohar V'Shamar B'Dibur Echod. So does that mean it was written differently, on, or engraved, whatever you want to call it, on the first set of Luchas or not? Not 100% clear. And here also, Lav Davka, just because it's the, the question he was responding with, it just because it says it in Ve'eschanan, doesn't mean that it wasn't actually said by Kodesh Baruch Hu when we said it over in Pashas Yisrael. So that was the nature of his response. But Lamai said that was going to be focusing on that it does say it in Ve'eschanan, it does not say it in Pashas Yisrael. And why? So, so he says, you could have asked me that. So he says, let's discuss this. He says, I'll tell you what to do. Go to him. He asked him this question. And Rebbe Tanchum used to learn by him. Go ask if Tanchum, see what he, maybe he could tell you over some time from Yeshua and Levi. So he went to Tanchum. So he asked Rav Tanchum, and Rav Tanchum said, I didn't hear from Rabbi Yishuv and Levi, what you thought I would have heard from. Some sort of relationship. He said as follows. Since the knew on whatever level that means, that the first Luchas, now we're actually saying that there's a difference between Parshas Yisrael and Parshas Veschana, that Parshas Yisrael is representing what was actually 
engraved in the first Luchas that Moshe Rabbeinu got, and Parshas Veschana is representing what was engraved in the second Luchas that Moshe Rabbeinu got. And in the first Luchas, we know Moshe Rabbeinu, after the Maisei Egel, is going to break them, so we didn't want to have the word Toiv there. So what? So Toiv by definition is something that's Nitzchi, something that lasts forever. And if you can have something that's going to be broken, that is not the nature of Toiv. And therefore, Kashpochu said, we're going to leave the word Yitav Lochari, Remis to Toiv, out of the Lucas Rishinus, and there'll only be Lucas Rishinus, which is what we're going to be having forever. Amazing Pshat. Obviously, there's a lot deeper meanings in this Gemaras, but this is the Pasha Pshat. Amar Yeshua, on that point, Haraya Tet Bechalayim. If someone sees the letter test in, their, in a dream, this is really from a Gemara in Brachas, the ninth paragraph, where it talks about all kinds of different dreams, what they indicate, whether you believe in the dreams, you don't believe in the dreams, whether a dream is totally true, not totally true, partially true. Look in the ninth paragraph of Gemara in Brachas. But the Gemara just quotes this here, Derech Agav, of this test mentioned. Haraya Tet Bechalayim, a simen yafalei. Test is a good simen. That indicates good things are coming. My timer. Where do we see test means good? And all of Torah. Taif is good. So therefore, tet is an indication of Taif. But that can mean a lot of other things besides Taif. Amor, the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, the Pasuk in Yeshaya is talking about Goyim. But over there, it says the word, it says in the word, I'll read the full, full Pasuk. Over there, it's metate, like a broom. It's going to be swept away. There's a lot of tesses in there. Okay, so when a person sees teth, how do you know it's referring to the good type of teth? Maybe it's referring to this type of teth of being swept away in a bad way, and that's the indication of the dream. It says, no, chad test coming. Whatever we saw, only one test. He saw just one single letter. If it was mitateh, he would have seen two. says, but still, there's plenty other psukim and words in the Torah which indicate bad things. The most prominent example is in Echa. We know the first bunch of Prakim in Echa, Golafi in the Aleph base. So the first parak Pasik test in Echa says, Tuma Seho Bishuleho. So it's talking about Tuma, it's talking about the, the horrible the story of the Korban. So that's also a test. So maybe Chas Vashom, someone who sees a test, it's referring to Korban. So the most test based coming in. We're talking about, we didn't see the letter test by itself could mean good or bad. It's two letters, a test and a base. And that's more indication of Toif. So that's not true. Emo, you can say in Perik Beis of Eicha, Perik Beis of Eicha, Pasuk Tes, it says, Tavu Ba'aretz Sha'arel, that the, the, the gates of Yishalayim sunk into the ground. So Tet Beis could be sinking. So again, where do we see that Tet necessarily means a good thing? So I'll tell you why. Ella, we can go back. We don't have to be talking about one Tet and two Tet and Tet and Beis. We don't have to go any of that. We have a rule. And the rule of the Torah is, when you want to di- understand what a word means, or even a letter, look at the first time it's written in the Torah. The Malbim does this a lot. So, right, so if you look at the first time it's written in the Torah, in that context, you can understand the nature of the word. If you look at the first time the letter test is mentioned in Parshas Barashas, first one is in the word Toif. It doesn't say the word test. And then it says in the Pasuk, so the first tenth mentioned in Sefer Torah is Toiv, and therefore like Sif Tes, and therefore the indication is that Tet by itself, by Metzius, is the word Toiv, and therefore someone who sees the letter Tes in a dream, that is an indication of Toiv. Not actually see the activity of a Hespid, but the word Hespid. If someone sees the word Hespid, Rashi says, in a dream, so then it's actually a play on words. Maybe a Pashkabil, that would work too, okay. So, Chosu Alam and Hashemayim, they're going to have Rachmonas on him, where the Marshal says, Hayes and Cheses, 
are, are interchangeable many times. So Hesped is actually going to be, they're going to be Chosel Meshmaim Upadu and you will have a pigeon. So Hesped becomes Chas Pad. So we'll have Achmanus and we'll have a pigeon. That's if you actually, not, again, not the activity, but you actually see the word written out, or printed out, whatever it is, so that you see the word Hesped, that would also be a good point. Back to Agamar. We said in the Mishnah, we're talking about the different types of animals and the different halachas that we mentioned yesterday. One of them, of course, was the halacha of Kilayim, of Harkova, and of Harisha, of working with two animals. And we said of mating two animals together. Over there, the Mishnah said that it's not just by a behema, it's also by a chayf, chaya, and it's also by an oif. Says the Gemara, Amar Ishlakish, Kan Rebbe, by Rebbe teaching us that this halacha of Kilai and Barkova applies to birds as well, so we can deduce the following halacha. Tarnagol, Tavas, Upisuni, two different types of chickens. This is always a problem. Okay, so when you have this halacha of Harkova, uh, what are different species? Okay, so you can have two animals that look very similar, and you know, maybe in the scientific literature, we uh, identify them with two different Latin names. Does that mean halachically they're considered different animals, and it's also to be worked with them together, and it's also to mate them together? Or do we say, no, in halacha it's all considered the same. How do we look at this? How do we determine? So Rishaka says, but once now you've told me by birds, there's a, a question of Harkova, so Alpisvaratista says, I would understand the Tanakal Tavas and Pesunis claim is that these two different types of chickens, even though we both call them chickens, but the two different actual species of chicken, it would be us. Awesome. Of course, they're two different types. I guess they look different. Since they are Ravu Adodi, we'll see what this means in a second. You might think that therefore they're actually a single species. Since they look different, that's what we focus on. Seems to be, Rashi does not say here what Ravu Adodi is. Different Farshim say it differently. Some of Farshim say that they live together in one area, like in one, in one clan or whatever it is. Uh, other Farshim say that they, gr- they raise each other's chicks. So you can have a, one of them, one raise the other chicks. The Rambam seems to say that they actually inter, intermate with each other, these two types of chickens, and they're actually successfully are able to, to reproduce one from the other. And even that, we still say that they, since they look different, that's what we focus on, and therefore they're considered different species, and it'll be Usr, Medine Klein. Similarly, Amar Shmuel, Avoiz va Avoiz Bar. If you have a goose, a duck, and one that's called a wild goose or duck, whatever they are, climb zebazet, those are also going to be climb zebazet, even though, again, they're similar, relatively speaking, similar, but the mice, we consider them different species. Maskefla, Rava, Barav Khan, and my time, why would you consider them different species? One has a longer beak, one has a shorter beak, so just this, this minor difference. Elamayata, Gamla Parsava, Gamla Tai, by. by <laughs> by camels. One is the Persian one, and one is the Arab one. One is a thicker neck, and one is a smaller neck. Will you consider them climbs And the way Rav Moshe explains, Rav Moshe Feinstein explains that the question is that there are certain differences in animals that are only a reflection of the place they live in. Right? A little bit, a little bit evolution oriented, right? Some animals develop differently based on the environment that they live in. Lavdafka, the food they have to eat, etc. Lavdafka, does that indicate a difference, maybe like, you know, we would say on the DNA level between these different things, animals. So the fact that it has a longer beak or a shorter beak is as similar as a, a thicker neck or a smaller neck, which Lavdafka is a difference in the species, maybe it's just a difference in the way they develop based on their environment. So Mehechatesh should be considered separate species. 
Alamar Abaya Abaya says, I'll explain to you. They actually are very physically different. Zeb by the Zohar, Zeb Beitzami Bechutz, Zeb Beitzami Bifnim. These two different types of avos, which seem to be similar, Lamaisa by the Zohar, one of them it debates him are on the outside, like a, like a regular animal, one of them debates him, not talking about the exit at least, talking about the, the debates of the Zohar, are, are internal to the animal, and therefore there's a very big physical difference. They do actually look the same if you knew where to look and how to look, and these are not environmentally driven, these are actually different in the species. Rav Papa Amar, another naf community between them from the Nekeva part, is Hatuna Chad Beyazabashikla, Vatuna Kama Beyazabashikla. One of them lays one egg at a time, and the other one can have multiple eggs, and it can actually start producing a second egg while the first egg is still in there. Okay. So it's a different biological differences between these different types of species, and that determines whether they are going to be considered climbs of whether they are different species. Another point of this. We didn't talk about fish. We talked about behema, chaya, oif. What about fish? See, fish also would have the same issue. If you made two different types of fish together, you'd also get malchus for client. My time, but we don't say anything about fish anywhere. It says, and then later on it says, So we say just like by the, all the behemoths on the Oretz and the Oif, etc. It's different species are Osir. So also Dogim are considered the same thing. Tentaisus points out the same thing would be available Shabbos as well. Just like you're not allowed to work animals on the Yabosha, you're also not allowed to work animals by Yam as well. Okay. So by Rechav, what if you have a mix and match? What if you're on the edge of the water and you need to pull something and you only have one goat, it's not strong enough. So you're looking around, what else can I attach to this thing to help it schlep? I have an idea, I'll attach it to a dolphin or a big fish. A shibuta is actually a large fish. Apparently it gets to be five, six feet long. It's a pretty big fish. I lived in the, in the bubble area. So you want to attach a rope on one side to this big fish and the other side to a goat on the dry land. And they're going to pull together. Is this a problem of Kalayim Becharisha? So, you're not putting them together. As much as you tie them together, they're not together. They live in two different worlds. And if they live in two different worlds, then maybe it's not a problem of Kilayim. So you're using them together. So is the Isser them being together, which they're not together, or is the Isser putting them together for work, in which case it would be a problem as well? So Moscow Avina, Avina tries to make a, a strange comparison to this. He's Elamayata. We have Allah of Klayim, right? When you plant two seeds together. So we say you have to put them together in your hand, you plant them in the ground, that would be Klayim Bizriya. So if you take a, a chita seed and a Sarsi Biyada, and you take the chita seed and you plant it right on the border. You're on the border between Artisal and Chutzarts, and you plant it in Artisal, and you plant the Sa'ira over the border. Over, over the green line? Right, over the border in Chutzlaretz. So, Hanami de Bechayv, are you going to be Chayv over there? We know in Chutzlaretz, it's, it's, this, is, this is one of the mitzvahs of Tullius Baruch. There is no Din Klein. So, therefore, Lechayra, it's two different worlds. If it's two different worlds, you shouldn't be Chayv. Just like you're not Chayv by two different worlds, but Chit of if one's in Chutzlaretz, one's in Israel, sh- the same two different worlds between the dry land and between the Yam. And therefore, it should be not Halacha. It should not, should not be a Nisr of Klein. Amri, what are you? Hachiashto, what's the comparison? Buy Eretz Yisrael, 
Part you put in a place where there's an Isser claim, and part you put in a place where there's no Isser claim. So over there, of course, there's no going to be Isser. It's not because it's two different worlds. It's because one's a Makam Chiv and one's a Makam Petur. Over here, two, two fish together, everybody agrees, would be claim. Right? Two different species of fish together, everybody would be claim. And two different species by Yabosha, everybody agrees, would be claim. The only question is, if you do a fish with with an A's, is that also climbs? So that's not necessarily comparable to the case of Chutzar's rights. So, so that we do not answer our Shaila if that's going to be us or not. That's good. Six perk. Hakoinis. Says the Mishnah. Hakoinis turned the deer. We're now switching gears off bar. Okay. I don't know if everybody's happy or not happy, but we're switching deer, gears off bar. We're switching back to Dine Shane. Dine Shane and Dine Shemin. Tysus points out this perk really should have been before. When we first started talking about Karen and we mentioned Shane Varegel, we really could have learned Hakoinis and finished off all the Dine Shane. But somewhere along the way, we talked about a shar that fell into a bar that ruined the water. So we got distracted for a little bit and we ended up talking about Hoka's bar for a while. Now we're going back to to finish off all the halachas of Shein Verego. So Hakonis on the deer, so you have a sheep over here, the Gemara is going to point out, we're switching gears from a shore, which is what we've been talking about all the time, to suddenly we're talking here about sheep specifically, and that's going to be an indication that we're focusing on Shein and Rego, <laughs> as opposed to Karen, because a sheep could do Karen, but normally when we talk about Karen, that's a shore related activity, not a sheep-related activity. So Hakonis on the deer, so you lock it in. You lock it in, lock the key, put on a rope, whatever it is that you lock up the animal properly. So th- therefore it's protected from going out and doing any, da- any damage. The door opens up by itself. When you're not watching, we'll see in a second, and it goes out, so putter. You're going to be putter. So even though the nizik over here has his food eaten up or whatever it is that gets ruined. But Lamaisa, you as the mazik did the best job you need to do, not the best job, but the good enough job, we'll see in the Gemara, that you need to do to protect the animal from going out, and therefore you're not going to be chayv in dinei chayshin mishma. If you don't do a good job, you don't close it up properly, you did something, but you didn't do a good enough job, so then of course you're going to be chayv. Nifritz what if it broke out at night? Okay, so you weren't paying attention. Aisha Patsu list him, or somebody broke into your house and knocked down the door and let the animals out. Then you're going to be pot. So, Frank Tysus, I understand, it's a steam in Ayo Bay. Right? The ratio said that an Akarnas of the Divanabafanakarabiyatsavazika is potter. And then we said if it breaks out at night. So it's Mashra, if it breaks out at night, it's potter. Mashra breaks out during the day, you're going to be chayev. So how do you read the Mishnah? Look in Tysus right away. Nifrit Sabalaila. Like says, Why? So Tais is two turrets. First Tais is says, First week, it could be during the day if it's Nifritza. Right? If the door just opens, the door just opens, whatever it is. But if it's Nifritza, broke down, something broke it, a Brookshan of came, whatever it is, and it's during the day and you should have known about it. Well, once you should know about it, then you should go get the animal back and make sure it doesn't do the damage. Again, depending on how much time you have, etc. But if it's no longer considered an oinus on your part, then Yutaka would be chayev. So the, it's qualifying the ratio of the Mishnah. Inami says Taisvis, Balayla filu noidla shenifetz of yatsa behemah, ain la litre chiyoysumidai lachsach zareo bafel. Taisvis is a chiddish over here. That even if you get a WhatsApp in the middle of the night that your animal got out somehow, something knocked it down, whatever it is, we're not mechaev you at night to go out and run after your animal in the dark and looking around and, you know, call a Hatzalah search party to find your animal. You don't have to do that. 
So therefore, we're looking at either that there's a chiv during the day, and there's a stressing, but there is a patur at night. You're not considered a pesheya if at night the animal runs out, and you, even if you know about it, you don't necessarily have to run after the animal. Chazal weren't mechaiv you that much. Remember, this is not talking about other mazik. There's an animal's mazik. So you only chayev your animal's mazik if you're responsible for it. In this case, Chazal said, you're not that responsible. You did, your, you did a good enough job. It broke out at night. We're not making you get up in your pajamas or run out in the middle of the night to go find the animal. So that's the first halach. Continues the Mishnah. If the Ganovim take the animal out, they don't just open the door, but they actually steal the animal. So then listim are going to be chayov. So in the listim take now responsibility. We'll see more about that tomorrow. But the listim now take responsibility for the animal and they are responsible if any shena rego happens. What if you lock it in the pen the way you're supposed to, the proper shmir that you would normally do, but it's very hot outside, and you don't have some sort of schacha over it, you don't have some sort of shade on top of it, and therefore the animals are going to get really hot. When they get really hot, they're going to go crazy, and they're going to want to get out, no matter what the situation is. So if you do that, then you're going to be chayev. That's not considered nol keroi, right? Keroi always means, as we'll see in the Gemara, what is applicable for its appropriate for the specific situation. So, in a normal situation where it's where it's uh, where you have a cover over the corral, so you lock the door. That's normally good enough. But if there's no cover over the corral and it can get very hot, we have to be chayish. The animal is going to be in pain and it's going to break out unnaturally, normally. But that's something normal in that situation. In which case, you're going to be chayiv. So it puts these two cases together, which is an icha b'chama, you leave a shever to watch it. It's mashma, but the fact that it puts these two cases together, that's the same case. So now, if you remember early, we had a Gemara back on Daft test that talked about this exact point by giving a fire to a Cheshit of a cotton. Over there, we had a Machlaikis in the Gemara, and the Gemara brought similar case to over here when you tie up an animal. The Gemara brought two Pshatim and had to learn this. It was a Machlaikis of the Chiskin of Yechram. And the Gemara didn't bring this Mishnah directly, but it's clearly Mashma. There's two ways to learn this Mishnah. If you hold that uh, once it's locked up, Koroi, giving it to a Cheshit of a cotton is doing nothing wrong, then clearly when the Mishnah says over here you gave it to a Cheshit of a cotton, it must be where you did not lock it up properly. Which would mean that the two cases of Chama and Cheshit of a cotton are two different cases. Chama means even if you locked it up correctly, you're Chayv because you left it, left it in the sun. Cheshit of a cotton, you're only going to be Chayv if you did not lock it up correctly. The other shot we had in the Gemara Daft test was that even if you lock it up correctly, you need to have someone there watching it to make sure it doesn't come undone on a regular basis. Cheshit of a cotton cannot do that. And therefore, it could be talking about you locked it up correctly, and still you're going to be chayev if a chayev shet of is responsible for working it. Look back on the Grand Daft test and how those two pshatim will affect and how you read this mission. Masril Araya, if you give it over to a shepherd, nichnas Araya Tachta. So then the shepherd takes responsibility. Now that's halacha we already know. We already looked at it earlier in the Masechta. Then once you hire a Shemer, then of course the Shemer takes responsibility. So we'll have to see in the Gemara tomorrow what exactly the Kiddush of this line of the Mishnah is. Nafla Lagina, what if the animal ba'inis, not because it broke out or not that you did anything wrong, the animal fell, was on a top of, top of a cliff in your yard, and it fell off the cliff into your neighbor's yard. Ba'inis Lagami, so you're not chayef for the hezek shabai. But, v'nehenis, and it got on it got on either because it landed on some trees that broke its fall, or once it landed, it started eating stuff. Either way, but it got hanos. You're not chaimitam the hezek shaboy, you're chaimitam hanos shaboy. So, mashalam is mashalanis. Then you only have to pay the hanos you got. If it, because it broke its fall, or because it ate something and you didn't have to feed it dinner, then you're not considered chayv as a mazik, but you are always going to be chayv for any hanos you get that, that caused somebody else damage. Yardakadarka vizika, if however the animal went down in its normal way, 
not oinus, responsible. You didn't do a good job watching and it went down and damaged. And of course, you're going to be chayv. Meshalem is mashe zika. So then you pay, now we, another halacha we already mentioned earlier, now you pay what you damaged. How do you figure out how much you have to pay? So we say, You figure out this amount of land, the saw, how much it was worth with the kilo of apples or whatever it is, chita, that the animal ate, and how much worth without. As we explained earlier, you don't evaluate how much a kilo of chita is in the market, because that would be more expensive. Rather, we said what you evaluate is what the difference in the price of the field. It says, you evaluate it on top of, on the, based on the relative expense or uh, hezek in reference to the entire field, and therefore that's what you're going to have to pay. How much was the field worth with this crops, and how much was the field worth without the crops? Reb Shimon argues at one point. Shimon says, He says, that what you said, you evaluate the field, is only when the fruits are not fully ripe yet. Okay, we'll see in the Gemara in a, few, in a while. If the fruits are not ripe, then they're considered part of the field. You evaluate the field with the fruits, without the fruits, and you pay the difference. But if you ate Paris Gemurim that were already fully ripened and ready to be picked, then Mishalmah's Paris Gemurim. Then you actually pay the full value of the fruits. Im Sasam, Satayim, Satayim, if however much you ate, that's how much you have to pay, if they were fully ripened fruits. Again, we'll discuss them Shimon later in the Gemara. Tanarabana. So the first halach in the Mishnah said that you're going to be potter only if you do I'll close it up keroi. So that's the Gemara. The Gemara always discusses and assumes that the thing standing in your way of protecting your animal is a wind. It doesn't have to be a wind. In every situation, whatever it happens to be, right, then, then you have to protect against whatever that normal situation is. So if you have a door that can stand a normal wind, that's normal. That would be not appropriate if, if the door cannot stand the regular wind. Tonight was maybe a ruch, right? So therefore, maybe that would not be a normal situation. But if it was a normal situation, that would make that would determine the Yechai Vapat. So I'm of money about Patish. One of Patish says, wait a second. This brings us back to a discussion we had in the previous parak. Mantana muid the We're saying over here, all you have to do is close the door. You don't have to put up some giant metal fence or something like that. You have to. You don't have to do a great job. You have to do a good enough job. What we call earlier a shmira pchusa. If you remember, we had a machlekes, the three machlekes are Mayor of Yehuda and Rebbe How you watch a tamana muid. Okay, so we have over here, says Agamar. Now here we're talking about Shane Varegel. Shane Varegel is always a muid, right? There's no din tam and muid by Shane Varegel. It's always a muid. You always pay Nezik Shalit. And it says on our Mishnah, as long as you do a shmir pchusa, close the door, that's good enough. So who's the Tana from the Machlaikis or Mary and Behuda and Rebelazar by, by a Karen? How does that Machlaikis relate to our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Lechaira, Mantan and Muad Sagab Shibchusa, Lechaira Behudi. That would only work according to Shitas or Behuda from that Machlaikis. This none, we learned earlier. On Memhei, Kashu Balabamaisira, if you lock up a shore with a rope, Vinalafanov Kura, you lock it up, Vyatza, Vazak, and it gets out anyways. So Tanakama said, Echotamechan Mur Chaiv Divere Mayor. Mayor says, Shmira Pachusa is not enough. By both a Tam and a Muad, he learned it out from the Hekish, you have to do a Shmira Meula. And therefore, if you lock it up Kuroi and it gets out, you're Chaiv by Karen. According to Mayor Lachera, locking up a Tzon regularly and it gets out, you're still going to be Chaiv for Sheva Regal. He said what we thought was somewhat counterintuitive by a tam yachayv and a shmir pchusa, but by a mood where it says v'lo yishmer and a balav, that was a special meal that as long as you do a shmir pchusa, you're going to be potter. 
There's nothing you can do. You're always responsible. So according to our mayor, maybe even according to Belazar, our mission is not true. Our mission, which says locking the door is good enough, that's a chayra, only she from Yehuda. Definitely not she from... What? What? Correct, we didn't bring, but he wasn't in the Bryce, he was brought separately, so we're just not bringing him here. You're right. Says the Gemara, I feel ter- so we could, have, we could have blamed it on him, but we don't. I feel Temir Mayor, he was a better Terence. Feel Temir Mayor, that Mayor agrees over here that a Shmir Pchusa is good enough. Why? Shani Shem Veregula, Terem Miata Berishmir Asan. There are many, many Kula that we have by the halacha of Shem Veregel and Bar and Ashes, we'll see in a second. And therefore, that which a Mayor says that you need to have a Shmir Meula. By Karen, it's because Karen were very machmeron. And since we're, we don't have all the normal coolers we have over there by Rosh Hashanah, etc. And therefore, by Karen, specifically, your mayor says, you have to do a shmir me'ula, lock it up very well. But by Shem Varegel, you do not have to do a shmir. And therefore, this whole machlaikis, the chayot is not applicable. By Shem Varegel, everybody would agree a shmir pechusa, locking the door is good enough. There are four places where you see the Torah is mekel, in the Shmira. Bar, Eish, Shein, and Rega. In all four of these cases, the Torah has a Miet. What's the Miet? Go through each one. Bar, Dixif, Kiyiftach Ishbar, if you uncover a bar, or Kiyichre Ishbar, or you dig a bar, Veloyichasenu. What do you have to do to be putter from responsibility of a bar? You just have to cover it. Hakisu, if you cover it, you're putter. Rashi says, you don't have to fill it up. Theoretically, you could have said, to get rid of a bar, you have to fill it up with dirt and make it not a bar anymore. Pussy says, no, all you have to do is cover it. Covering it, Rashi says, that's Shmir Pchusa. Shmir Ma'ula would be filling it up. You don't have to do that. So you see the Torah's Meka by Dine Bar. Eish Tiksiv. Here we don't see a halacha per te, although the Gemara could have just brought like the halacha of Tomun or something. Gemara brings it from a Pasuk. Tiksiv Shalem Yishalem Hamavir Esa Mavir sounds like someone who lit a fire on purpose, that you peshe on it. Ad Ovid Ke'ein Mavir. If you don't do it Ke'ein Mavir, Mavir is a lotion of Pshia. So as long as you are noble for that keroi, you put up a wall or whatever it is, a basic wall in front of your fire, you're potter. Because that's not a mavir. Mavir means you did a very bad job of watching it. As long as you do a relatively good job of watching it, by age, you're going to be potter. Shane, but beer is a very uh, harsh lotion. Beer also means it's the equivalent of you feeding that food to your animal. That's only if you do it mamash ad oven ke'enu beer. But as long as you close the door, even if it's a shmir of pchusa, but the say it's not ubiyer. It's not like you fed it directly. Therefore, you're going to be potter. And mayor would agree to that. And regel dechsev v'shilach. If you send the animal, ad oven came v'shilach. If you only if it's mamashet pesheya that keilu you sent it. But as long as you did noble fanov karoi by shein regel bar and esh, you're going to be potter. So Tanya, we just bring, wrapping up the rice so, V'shilach is a regal, v'chenuam v'shach v'regal shav v'chamar, v'chamar back on daf base. U'bir, that's referring to shein, v'chenuam v'kashe yivara glal tumay, when you finish something else, finish it up by eating. So therefore we learned over there that those two p'sukim are referring to shein v'regal. So we see by shein v'regal and bar and esh, the Torah is mekil on the shmir you have to do, and therefore everybody agrees on our mission. So my time of David, ke'en v'shilach u'bir. Haloy ovid, loy. Only if you did v'shilach u'bir, b'pshia. If it wasn't b'pshia, you're pot. I'm a rabbi, and damidekah. That actually is meduyik in the Mishnah. Diktani tzoyin. Our Mishnah switched. Instead of talking about a shor, it was talking about a tzoyin. Michti b'shor ka'askina. Until now, every single Mishnah talked about a shor. So, v'osi, nisni shor. Why didn't our Mishnah say a shor? Must be our Mishnah was talking about no'afodel for karoi. It's not talking about karen. Our Mishnah is talking about 
sign, which is Shein Varegel. And if our Mitch is telling you by Shein Varegel, you have a special Allah that Shmir Pachusa, everybody holds is good enough. Maisha the Tanit sign, Lamishim the Torah, Mieta, Bishmiras. And now, the end of these, these last few sentences here are very, very hard to read. And none of the Rishayim have a good way to read it. We'll read it the simplest way. And therefore, the Torah is Mayat Bishmirasan, and continuing, and Lamishim, it should be Tsoin. Karen likes it, Shevaregel likes it. By its sign, we always refer to Shevaregel, not Karen. And therefore, it's clearly indicated that our Mishnah, when it talks about a kind of son, the dear of an Oma for a Grave, Yatsevehezika, we're talking about a Shevaregel Hezek. And a Khanami, if a son went out and did some sort of Karen type of Hezek, which it could do, if it did that, then Remeya would say, you have to have done a Shmir Ba'ula. A Shmir Ba'ula is not good enough. But for Shevaregel, it's good enough. The Kamash Malan, these words are very difficult to read. The Shevaregel Muadun, now, what that means, a chiddush. There's no chiddush in Shem Regal being more We know that. So it's not 100% clear what that line means. But what we're saying is, and the fact that the, ter- the Mishnah says the word tsoin, we're indicating, we're hinting to us that we're dealing here with a Shem Regal halacha, not a Karen halacha. And in Chami, if it was a Karen halacha, then a mayor would hold that you have to do a Shmir Me'ula. And Rebbe you have to actually kill the animals, nothing you could do about it. And therefore, that's why our Mishnah says, no, only in, only in reference to Shem Regal. Okay.